<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. As the war between Gary and Shannon continues, heroes and villains become harder to identify. Gary and Shannon separated in birth, fighting for their place in time to be solidified. The clock ticks faster and faster while time runs the marathon in this Babylon. But see, the end is only the beginning. The beginning of the calm before the storm. Headphones Kevin gave you? Yeah. What are they called? Blue? Blue. How do they work? I can hear you. Well, there you go. Can you hear Dennis Lloyd? What? That's the song. Oh. Huh? What? You hear the what? (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys. That was so much fun on Friday. Oh boy. Out at Old Stump Brewing. What a great time. And I, uh, I had. A beer to go. Well, I took that a, doesn't sound that's not legal. Right. No, it's not. I didn't do that. I had a Crowler Road soda. canned for me, and it was the Disarray IPA. <clears throat> I love the Tory Pines Pilsner. That was so good. Uh, Harold and Barbara and everybody out at Old Stump. And thank you for those of you who showed up. We had an absolutely blast. We had an absolute blast. I think it was No Tan Lines, the Coconut Porter. Or stout was it? Which one you was lost, it? That's what I had. Me a you had the coconut. Yeah, that one yeah. was super good. I love coconut though. You're a weirdo. Hey, uh, we have another one coming up. We'll tell you when that's going to be. You got to pay attention, of course. Do we really? Eventually. Okay. I'm like, did I did I not get that memo? <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll get out there somewhere. Hey, uh, the super bloom is still causing problems around the world. Holy um, hell! Instagram. Instagram is to blame for Lake Elsinore shutting down because of people gridlock gridlocking the I-15. Uh, Chris Ancarlo, our super bloom correspondent, has been working the story. We're going to try to get him on at the top of next hour and talk more about this. Also. Uh, the, uh, just, if you're out there planning to do a movie shoot, just let someone know when you're going to be using either realistic or in fact, real guns, uh, for your shoot. A cautionary tale coming up. Also, we have a soap opera to tell you all about. Um, it has gripped Washington, DC. I mean, people are obsessed with this love triangle square constant drama and it involves, Eagles. Okay. Actually, I saw something in nature over the weekend. <clears throat> I was doing some light birding, you know, just uh, appreciating the birds around. And there seemed to be two 
male birds fighting each other for a female bird in the bush. Okay. And they're kind of at the top of the, of the tree and they're going after each other, right? They're fighting. They, they want to hook up with this female bird that's down below. And then all of a sudden, and they're loud, right? And then all of a sudden a hawk comes flying low and they stop, they stop fighting. And they suddenly realize these two birds. It's like, I saw them realize that that chick's not worth them dying for her. (laughs) And so then they took off. They're like, screw that. And those are the kinds of lessons that nature provides. In birding. Mm-hmm. Light birding as opposed to heavy birding. Well, I didn't have my books out. I didn't have oh, oh, my oh. binoculars. Do you take notes on your birding? Because that would, to me, be, that would be like the definition. That would be the line. Heavy birding involves note-taking, record-keeping. Yes. That would that would be heavy birding. So this one you were just light. You're just you're observing. Right. All right. Well, we have a couple people new. Uh, a couple people in the presidential race. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand has officially launched her campaign. Beto O'Rourke had an awkward weekend to say the least. Some very high highs and some very low lows for Beto. Wax my what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I wonder who keeps their poetry that long. Isn't it? Well, I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk all about that. We start in Utrecht, Netherlands. A gunman killed three people and hurt nine others on a streetcar in Utrecht. The mayor says this does appear to be a terror attack. It was an intense manhunt. They had heavily armed officers with dogs zeroing in on a nearby apartment. It happened at a busy intersection in a residential neighborhood. Now, authorities there in the Netherlands raised their terror alert level to the highest level, maximum, I think they call it, which for us would be like rainbow colored or something. Um, And a few hours after the shooting, they released a picture of a guy that they say is associated with the incident. They are not saying he's the gunman, but he's a 37-year-old Turkish-born guy. Gokmen Tanis. Yeah, say they showed a guy with a beard on board a tram in a blue hooded top. Now, there was also an order in the moments after this happened, there was an order from the mayor for people to stay indoors throughout the entire city of Utrecht because they had at one point received reports that there were shootings at multiple areas of the town. Well, the police spokesman there said that one person may have taken off by car and he hasn't ruled out the possibility that more than one shooter was involved. Now, of course, this comes just three days after what happened in Christchurch, New Zealand. When a white supremacist who hates immigrants opened fire at two mosques, there's no indication that there's any link between the two events at this point. The um, the issue in Europe now is going to be a continent wide alert, perhaps uh, because we've seen this happen in the days that followed what we saw in New Zealand. There is going to be a significant ratcheting up, I would I would assume, uh, all throughout the European Union and that whole continent about people on the lookout for something like this. Um, in Germany, for example, police said that they have stepped up surveillance of the border with the Netherlands. They're not only watching major highways, but also some of the minor crossings, some of the train routes and the uh, off chance that this guy tries to go into Germany as well. They said that they were initially told to look out for a specific car, a red Clio compact car 
But then later we're told that the car itself that they were looking for had been found abandoned in a different part of Utrecht. So they're still looking for this 37-year-old Turkish-born guy that they say is associated with the shooting in Utrecht on that tram and that killed three people. When we come back, we're going to go back to New Zealand. We're going to talk more about what it is that that country is doing in response. And I mean immediate response. They're not worrying about the argument or we're going to play this out in the media or we're going to see where this goes or we're going to take our time. And No, no, no. They're doing they're taking immediate steps in the in the uh, aftermath of that shooting. Now. Coming up later this hour, also an update on the Jamie Claus kidnapping case. Remember the 13 year old girl that was kidnapped and kept underneath a bed as the family celebrated Christmas in the next room? Well, her kidnapper is now talking about how they spent their time during those three months. Gary and Shannon will continue. Want you forever, ain't nowhere we're not together. Scars on my body so I can take you wherever life. I want you forever, even when we're not together. Scars on my body, I can look at you and never Gary and Shannon. So the Seattle Times started talking to engineers up there, Boeing engineers, about this 737 MAX issues. And they say that Boeing and the FAA rushed the approval of the security system in that plane. Not good news. A lot of shortcuts and a cozy relationship between Boeing and the FAA could be to blame for at least the second crash. There were questions uh, just days before the Ethiopian Airlines plane crashed in the same way that that uh, plane did just four or five months before. Uh, Big NCAA fan, are you? Oh my March gosh! Madness. If you if you haven't watched Zion Williamson play, even if you don't care anything about basketball, you have to watch this kid. You have to watch the highlights. Yeah, he, he is so above uh, above and beyond anything that that that's in the tournament. It's he's insane. the kid who made headlines for. I mean, he kind of crossed over and made news headlines a couple of weeks ago when he was playing and his Nike shoe blew out. Right, they, they thought he blew out his knee at the same time. Yeah, no, he's back and uh, he is incredible. I mean, he looks like a superhero. Yeah. Very, very incredible. Anyway, so so Duke is number one. North Carolina, Virginia are also number ones. The ACC has three number one seeds in the tournament. Gonzaga is the other number one seed. Now, the Pac-12 is sending three teams, Arizona State, Oregon, and Washington. UC Irvine is the only school in the entire state of California going sad? to the NCAA tournament. Pac-12 is a disaster. Unbelievable! I need somebody to root for, and I just don't think it's going to be UC Irvine. I what? don't know. The go uh, eaters. Heart's Are not you, in do it. Do you choose by? I like to choose like a twelve or thirteen seed. What about so the an Wofford, underdog? I Wofford Terriers. Is that is that th- a, is that happening? Yeah, I don't remember what seed they are, but they're they're down in there like a ten or eleven, I think. All right, so that might be somebody. Well, I'll take that under consideration. Uh, we have been following the story out of New Zealand, of course. The shooting at a couple of mosques there uh, that ended up killing 49 people. And one of the sort of uh, issue, one of the issues about this is we've talked before, or we talked on Friday about how this was a social media driven, inspired and tailored attack. This guy was live streaming. He was posting pictures. Uh, He had a manifesto that he posted online, even sent to the prime minister's office and he wanted this thing talked about, and he wanted it av- wanted it available to people. There's an 18-year-old guy who has been charged with distributing that live stream. And in New Ze- I don't think this would fly in the United States, but in New Zealand, 
He is in court charged with a crime, denied bail at a court hearing earlier today. He faces charges of sharing the shooter's live stream, posting a photograph of one of the mosques attacked with the message Target acquired, along with other chat messages inciting extreme violence. His request for bail was refused. The original charge, by the way, against this guy was publishing material insulting other races and ethnicities. That is not something you would ever see in the United States. But it's uh, we obviously have a different version of freedom of speech here in the United States than uh, than other places do. Well, and his role in this really should be taken seriously because how many people watched that live stream and were either uh, inspired by it yeah. or their life was ruined by it? I mean, who's who's watching 4chan uh, in the middle of the night? Probably kids. You know, who saw the mass murder of all those people right before their eyes? And those are images you you can't you can't erase those from your mind once yeah. they're planted and, there. And we talked about it, how quickly some of the social media sites took down the video, but they still didn't act quick enough. For example, Facebook, they said, removed one and a half million versions of that video. One and a half million people, I'm assuming, had to find ways to share this video, recreate it, record it offline, put it back up one and a half million times. And that's just on the Facebook, uh, the Facebook platform. The other thing that's surprising about New Zealand or not surprising, I guess, depending on how you look at it, the prime minister says we will within 10 days announce gun reforms. There are people who have gone to Gun shops, their online gun stores, whatever it is, they're in New Zealand and scooped up all the semi-automatic rifles they can because they know that they're going to be outlawed. Other people went into their closet, grabbed it, and just took it down to the police station and said, I don't want it. I don't want it in my house. Uh, the, the potential for this thing to be used uh, for for ill is too great for me to rely on it for protection. There is a senator from Queensland that made some comments following this mass murder. And he essentially, in his comments, blamed Muslim immigration for the terror attacks there in Christchurch, saying the real cause of the bloodshed on New Zealand streets today is the immigration program, which allowed Muslim fanatics to migrate to New Zealand in the first place. He shows up over the weekend at an event in Melbourne And a 17-year-old boy smashes an egg on the back of his head and is tackled by security. This guy, Egg Boy is what they're calling him, has risen to a celebrity status in Australia and New Zealand that I don't think we have ever seen before. At least not in a situation where he's accused of battering somebody with an egg, recording the whole thing and then posting it online. They set up uh, a fundraiser for uh, Egg Boy. On GoFundMe, it has raised. Do you want to take a guess? I just pulled it up. How much? Well, it's the the goal was two thousand dollars. I think. Uh, I don't know. Five thousand. Fifty-two thousand six hundred and eighteen dollars. Oh my god! There are uh, there are music groups that have offered this guy free concert tickets for life. The Hilltop Hoods, uh, a mini uh, Amity Affliction, The Living End, Violent Soho. Uh, Violent Soho, in fact, tweeted, holy S, he full smacks him with a lefty, and Egg Boy just cops it and f- keeps filming. 
Cool as you like, mate. What a legend. Egg Boy has guest list for life. Hell, he can be our official photographer, too. Love you, Egg Boy. This guy had his pants handed to him right away. Uh, he was jumped on by security and other people who were just there to listen to this Fraser Anning, this uh, senator, speak. Um, the guy kid got tackled and will be charged, of course. But uh, like you said, has gotten a lot of support on his side. All right, coming up next, like I said, Seattle Times has done an investigation, talked to a lot of Boeing engineers, and the information they have gleaned is very unfortunate. It looks like there were questions about this security system way before the latest crash of the 737 MAX, and and these planes could be grounded now for months while they work this out. Gary and Shannon will continue. Bit of Hollywood breaking news. The studio chief over at Warner Brothers, Kevin Sujihara, is exiting his role as chairman and CEO. He's been there for six years. Remember, we told you about it oh, last week or so. There was a Hollywood Reporter article that detailed text messages between Kevin and uh, an actress named Charlotte Kirk. And in the text messages, it looked like they had hooked up and that he was going to push for auditions for her uh, because they were having a sexual relationship. So he has stepped down, saying it is in the best interest of Warner Media, Warner Brothers, our employees and our partners for Kevin to step down. Uh, We've also been following the story of Beto O'Rourke, obviously made a big splash when he announced that he's going to run for president last week. And then within the first 24 hours as a candidate, he raised six point one million dollars. Oh, and that poetry, though, Uh, that see, that's the he made some comments about his wife, uh, something about raising the kids alone, which were taken. He had to walk back. And then the poetry that came out about waxing his what? His butt. And then the story that he wrote about running a car over 15 teenagers or something. Just an odd start for that guy. Well, and this is the thing. Whenever he speaks, he uh, I get the kind of feeling I get when I hear Gavin Newsom speak. I don't know who those guys are. I don't know who those people are. Um, because they speak in platitudes and and campaign speech and everything's so careful. I don't know who they are. And and then when you see stuff like this, you get a better idea of who yeah. that guy is. Well, and it's and I, all for show. You we, know? we know that he's he drops F-bombs at some of his campaign events, right? And in the Vanity, Vanity Fair article that came out last week, there were, I don't know, a half a dozen F-bombs that the guy dropped, which is totally fine. I don't care. It's that that to me – Proves your point. There's two very different Beto O'Rourke's, and we got to try to figure out which one is which. Right. When you don't know who somebody is, trust that. (laughs) That's a good point. Um, Okay, so it looks like this. There might be a problem with the sensor on the 737 Max Boeing jets. It was in 2014 when a Lufthansa flight took off from Spain. It was ascending normally, and then the plane's nose unexpectedly drops. This was an Airbus A321. And it began to fall. The co-pilot tried to raise the nose with his controls, and the plane pointed down even further. He tries again. Nothing. This is according to a report by German investigators. It it was falling from 31,000 feet, and the captain's pulling back on his stick as hard as he can. The nose finally responds, but he struggled to, to hold the plane level. It looked like the plane's angle of attack sensors 
which detect whether the wings have enough lift to keep flying, were malfunctioning. So the Airbus's anti-stall software forced the plane's nose down. The pilots were able to turn that off, and they continued the flight. Yeah, and that's exactly the the mechanism that they're looking at in the Lion Air crash from Indonesia, and now, of course, last week's crash in Ethiopia. After that Lufthansa flight, they ordered the replacement of those sensors on a bunch of Airbus models, and that's what they're saying, yeah, caused the problems with the Boeings. Now, you mentioned this. The Seattle Times did this great article um, about the the relationship between the FAA and Boeing. And Boeing, if you remember a few years ago, was trying to catch up to Airbus, and they were trying to put out a new product on the market, which in this case was the 737 MAX. So the FAA, we mentioned this last week, they were cozy in terms of having Boeing officials, Boeing workers, certify some of the safety mechanisms on the new 737 MAX, which is exactly what they did in this case. Part of it is about not having enough money to do it themselves. Part of it is not having enough personnel to do it themselves. So the FAA routinely relies on the airlines to kind of police themselves. So the safety analysis that Boeing delivers to the FAA for this new flight system, it's called MCAS, Maneuvering Characteristics Augmentation System, (coughs) excuse me, um, that they're suggesting that some of the safety analysis that was done, again, by Boeing on a Boeing airplane for the FAA was flawed. For example... It understated the power of this flight control system. So basically, if if the plane detects, if the computer detects that the plane is stalling, it points the nose down to gain speed and get everything back and you know running again. You got to have a maintain a certain level of speed to to keep the lift above the wings. What they're saying is the power of this new flight control system was wildly understated. It could move the plane a lot more than anyone suggested or anyone thought originally. There was another thing, that it failed to account for how the system would reset itself each time a pilot responded. Both of these incidents, the 737 MAX crashes, witnesses said it looked like the plane was going up and down several hundred feet, this waving thing, because the plane... The computer, once it was overridden by the pilot to say, whoa, we're not stalling, would reset itself and then assume that they were stalling again and go back into a a dangerous dive. Engineers have told the Seattle Times it was all about that competition with Airbus that had them speed up deadlines and, and, and rush rush to to sign off and rubber stamp the safety of of their own planes at Boeing. That engineers reported feeling pressured to approve the subsequent safety reports quickly in order to keep up with the deadlines and remain competitive with Airbus. Now, that's disgusting. Yeah. And in the context of the Seattle Times story that they've been doing a fantastic job of covering, this story that they were putting together about the FAA, about the 737 MAX, and about the Boeing safety inspectors, the ones that were in control of it, that story was being put together 11 days ago before the second crash in Ethiopia. Some breaking news out of the Netherlands where it looks like the manhunt is over in Utrecht where a shooter killed three people and wounded five more on a tram in this residential neighborhood. They do have a suspect that is in custody, has been arrested there in connection with this deadly tram shooting. All right, we come back. An update on the Jamie Kloss story. Remember the girl whose parents were killed and then she was kidnapped and held captive 
We're getting some more details about what that life was like living with this guy. The kidnapper talks about what they did in their free time. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. I guess we do weigh those choices in life, don't we? Yeah, it's tough. You no, know, just gonna. You don't want to go anyway. Clayton Kershaw's not going to pitch, so Corey Seager's going to play. That'll be good. Yeah. That's good for him. Yeah, um, I was really struggling with if it was irresponsible to take the day off to go to opening day. I wouldn't say irresponsible. I wouldn't say irresponsible. But uh, we're going to. I mean, we're not. We're not ER docs or anything like that. No. That, that's true. You're gonna, no one's going to die you're on the table. You're going to leave the emergency room understaffed when you go, yeah, you know what, uh, baseball. That's what I would always More say to important. Chris Little in the news department when he'd call and yell at me about something. And I'd say, good thing no one died on the table. Yikes. Uh, at the top of the hour, Chris Carlo is going to join us. We're going to talk about uh, the Super Bloom. People, listen, you don't have to go. I, I know it's beautiful out there, but yes, you don't you have do to go all the... of Instagram. No. There are Nick- Super Blooms all over the place. Nick said he went to check out Super Bloom to legitimately check it out. And it was like it was like a breaking news story with all the television stations lined up doing live shots. But it was just people taking pictures of their friends. Barbara, I'm out here in Lancaster where flowers are growing. Back to you in the studio. No, that's not what it was. What, yes, it was. It was people just taking pictures of themselves and their friends to post. Look at me in the super bloom. Totally just stumbled upon super bloom. Look at me in my cute hat. Oh, this old sundress? <laughs> Didn't even know I was wearing it. We're going we're going to hell anyway. as a as a as a humanity. Oh my gosh. It's it seems like uh we're picking up speed too. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh <laughs> We uh, Kirsten Gillibrand is in, by the way. The New York senator oh, is has, I've been waiting for that. has announced officially she's running for the nomination. Um, Joe Biden really is the only high profile probable candidate who has not made it official yet. But it's a matter of time. He, he stumbled over his own tongue this weekend and said that he was running and said, no, I mean, I can't make it official anymore. There's a reporter who works for WCCO in Wisconsin, and she did what all of us have probably done at one point in time. If you're a reporter, she wrote a letter to a prisoner hoping to get an interview. And this prisoner was the guy that kidnapped Jamie Kloss. Remember Jamie Kloss, 13 years old. Guy shows up to her house, shoots and kills her parents, takes her and keeps her for three months underneath his bed. So this guy's name is Jake Patterson. He's in jail waiting his next court appearance on charges of kidnap and murder. And this reporter sends him a letter saying, will you call me? Uh, I want to hear your story. And he does. He calls. That's got to be just. I agree with you. Every young reporter has done something like that. This is 
I wouldn't say it's a lottery win, but it is. It is, it is the a adrenaline yes. that you feel that I that I'm just getting just thinking about that paying off. And when you get a call from the jail where this guy's being held, asking her if she would accept the charges to speak to him, and she goes, "Oh my God, yes!" So it's well for all intents and purposes, we believe it's Jake Patterson, this guy. I mean, there's no reason not to believe him. Um, spoke with her briefly on the phone. And said to this reporter, of course, I regret taking Jamie, but I loved her and I wanted to speak to her. Remember, all the only connection that he had to, to Jamie Kloss was when he was driving home from a temp job at a cheese factory He saw her getting off a school bus and immediately fell in love with her. He told this reporter parts of me like really know I shouldn't be talking to you, but I didn't want to cause any more trouble. I love her. He went on to say that in the three months he kept Jamie in his home there, they were quoting here, just like watching TV, playing board games and talking about stuff. We cooked a lot, like everything we made was homemade. Uh, it's clear that this guy's got some issues going on. I mean, outside of the whole, well, you know, murder charges that's, and everything. That's the thing. I mean, if it was just the abduction and he was lonely and wanted to play board games with somebody, that's one thing. I, I don't understand it. But the the murder's not brought up. Yeah. I, I wonder if the reporter even asked about that. How could you not? Well, you know, what was it like? To you're a kill reporter at WCCO. People? That's how you could not. We were do it. all reporters at WCCO at one point or the WCCO of the West. It it turns out that he did talk about uh, or sorry, she did. Jamie has talked about how she woke up that night that her parents were killed and she was taken to the sound of her dog barking because Jake Patterson had allegedly burst into her family's home back in October. And then she woke her parents. Her dad went to the door to see what was going on. Jake Patterson claimed that he yelled at Jamie to get on the ground. That uh, he kept shining a flashlight looking outside. The gunman approaches on the front steps, opens the glass storm door, and begins pounding on the wooden front door. And James peered through the decorative glass window. He thought that, uh, that this guy was a cop, so he asked to see his badge. And at that point, that's when he raised his shotgun, pointed it at dad's head and pulled the trigger. He tried to shoulder open the door behind which dad had collapsed, but he couldn't. So he blew through the doorknob at one point, stepped over dad's body, heads to the closed door directly in front of him. And he finds uh, eventually finds mom and Jamie hiding uh, in a bathroom, I believe is, is where it was. Yeah, they were they were hiding in the uh, the bathtub. And apparently the door was locked and he starts kicking the door 10, 15 times. It bursts open. Um, He tears the shower curtain down and he finds mom with her arms wrapped around Jamie in a bear hug. He tells mom to put black duct tape over her daughter's mouth, but she's struggling to do that. So he take he puts down his shotgun, takes the tape, wraps it around Jamie's mouth and her head and made her stand up while he, uh, he he tied it around her wrists as well, and then killed mom right, right there, right in front Good of. Good Lord! And Jamie hasn't, uh, of course, made any uh, public, you know, 
statements or anything, and you don't you don't think she's going to. Elizabeth Smart has gotten involved in this, telling people, "Hey, uh, let this girl heal. Let yeah. the, let's not a uh, let's let's call off the WCCO reporters if there are any trying to to get the scoop on on, on how she's doing." Uh, when we come back next hour, we're going to talk about the super bloom. We're also going to talk about how much money the state has been raking in because of your pot habit. Uh, and some My of it, pot habit. Some of it might actually be used to, uh, to, to bribe public officials. We'll tell you how. No. Public officials yes. and bribery? Yes. If it's meant to be, Gary and Shannon. What is that right here? What is this muscle? That's one of your abs. It's like an oblique. Ah. Yeah. Did you Did you hurt it? I feel I just it felt like a tear. <laughs> is it an oblique maybe? <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what, how that goes. Oh, well. That's why I don't dance anymore. I mean, what do you need those Can you for? dislocate a rib on the side, or is that just in the middle? Of it? There's nothing for it to be dislocated from on the side. I wouldn't think so. Like, you could, you could probably rip the stuff in between it, oh. your meat, but you could dislocate it from your sternum. So I Thank read... Thank you for attending Biology 101. <laughs> I read a great story. I actually emailed the reporter because the way she wrote it was just so great uh in the palm springs desert sun and then usa today picked it up this is all about lake elsinore basically shutting down to the public walker canyon because thousands of people arrived to see the the super bloom uh just gridlock on the 15 the city streets around the trailhead were insane the city called it a public safety emergency using hashtags like poppy shutdown, poppy nightmare. Is it over yet? What about poppy apocalypse? Ooh, that's good. <laughs> and it, it's all about the Instagram, right? It's all about what can I post? What can I post that would be make a good picture? Well, Chris Ancarlo is one of the guys who's been out there and creating massive headaches for people in Lake Elsinore. Before we get to Chris, let me oh. just read this excerpt from uh, from... This article, what's her name again? Nicole Hayden's article. Sarah Pierce, 28, of Venice, with, was with two of her friends. Two of the girls didn't plan their outfits ahead of time. They just happened to wake up looking super bloom chic. The third friend said she for sure planned her outfit in preparation for their poppy adventure. Effortless sundresses and practical stylish sun hats were popular choices. Other popular fashions include sunburned shoulders and noses, crying children, and scraped knees from falling down. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's sort of the poetry that Chris blesses us you with. You know what? All the You're time. right. That is Chris Ann Carlo like. Hey, guys. Are you running? What are What's you happening? Doing? I'm climbing to the top of a mountain for you. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by poppies, and I wanted to. Get the best possible view, so this, I climbed a mountain. This reminds me of when Steve and, uh, Gregory was running around at the border. <laughs> <laughs> I love to hear reporters out of breath. Oh, what, which mountain you are know, we talking a, about? Yeah, yeah, it's unnamed, so maybe we'll name it by the end of this hit. But uh, right now, I'm the only guy on it. But down below me, thousands of people, maybe millions, 
they're all taking pictures of all the pictures and uh, some of them have umbrellas, some of them don't. They all have big cameras. They've all gone to, it looks like they've all gone to school for photography <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of like great prom shots happening. Oh man. And some good like, like family shots. Please document and, this. Uh, oh yeah, no, no. I mean, listen, this is probably the selfie capital of the world right now. So I'm going to make sure and take a selfie for you guys because I know how much you love selfies. And I know how much Rick loves selfies for our website. So I'm going to get those going. <laughs> how concerned, I'm really sad. How concerned are you as you look down uh, with humanity? Oh, I'm always concerned. You know, yeah, yeah, snapshots, snapshots like this really kind of crystallize that concern. But I'm, I'm always a little bit worried about our fate, about our, our collective future. In this case... You know, in all seriousness, I was up here a couple of weeks ago uh, with my family, and it was before the the, the peak had arrived. And um, you know, it's just me and my wife and my two daughters, and we're hiking around. Everything's easy breezy for the most part. People are pretty respectful of the space. And I'm looking down uh, right now on a section that we walked along. I'd say it was about three weeks ago, and it was just nothing but poppies along that section. Now it's poppies and puffs because people have walked and trampled paths all the way around all of those poppies so literally people are loving these flowers to death guys like we've got to protect you get a the brand poppies. new puppy and you just squeeze it until his head pops off that's what they're doing <laughs> oh with my these god what is wrong with you you don't do that with dogs you do the cats <laughs> uh, yeah, well. You're in trouble with the uh, the world of PETA. Good luck with that. Emails to Gary Hoffman, uh, please at iHeartMedia. No, two I, ends. I, I I didn't know that, that. That's what I was saying. This that's how extreme this is. I'm not saying that I condone that sort of behavior. I'm saying that's how extreme this behavior is. They don't really care about the poppies. They just care about the pictures in the poppies. If they cared about the poppies, they'd be protecting the poppies, not sitting in them. I think that you're exactly right. This is all about taking pictures with the poppies and trying to be as illiterate as possible while you take pictures with the poppies. And I think that folks are, you know, struggling with the boundaries and they see a nice field of poppies and they say, hey, I want to sit in it. Now, let's just talk safety a little bit. The rattlesnakes are starting to come back out here. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, God. Is, you know, as we get, get the warmer temperatures running up, uh, this is where... Yeah, they, they may sneak up and bite someone out there. I'm not going to do a story on that. I did a story on that last year. Uh, but, you know, it's just always be safe. Look out for the rattlesnakes. If they rattle, don't try to touch them. They also do not like selfies. It's just kind of like a, a standard procedure for them. Uh, but it, it's funny because there are signs all up and down the, the trailhead here that say don't walk into the poppies. And people are literally walking into the poppies right next to the signs. And it's um, it's interesting. Well, what I mean, the city, Lake Elsinore itself, it was having problems over the weekend. They were talking about cutting yeah. off uh, access to the fields in Walker Canyon specifically and saying that there's really – this is too much. Like the, they – what did you say? They declared a state of emergency or whatever. They were under – Public health. Public health. Public safety emergency. I mean, that's crazy. It is crazy. When I was up here a few weeks ago, there was a there's a conservation agency for Western Riverside County that kind of oversees these lands. And they were up here just managing people, not really telling them where to go. But in case anybody got into issues, if they uh, ended up with uh, maybe shortness of breath, for example, one one person had shortness of breath because you get people who are used to walking city streets and they're like, oh, yeah, I can hike up a mountain and they get halfway up. And they're like, oh, no, I'm like I have heart disease. This is not good news. And so they have to call in an ambulance and, you know, truck them on out of here. But for the most part, people were following whatever orders these guys were were offering um yesterday and saturday it really hit ahead because the weather was so nice and because you know i mean this super bloom has been going on now for close to a month 
and I think now it's really close to its apex. I mean, it is spectacular. It looks like these mountains are covered in day glow orange everywhere that you look with just sprigs of purple peppered in and then maybe a little bit of green to break up the monotony. And, and it feels otherworldly. It feels a little bit like Avatar, you know, when he's out in the middle of those alien fields. It's just spectacular. And so people naturally want to gravitate towards this. And yesterday it got so bad that the off-ramps for the two exits closest to this canyon were completely backed up. And people were getting out of their cars on the freeway, parking on the shoulder, getting out of their cars on the freeway to walk up here. And, uh, you know, CHP and their wisdom started ticketing people. And so that became a story. And then Lake Elsinore was like, we got to shut this down. This is out of control. We don't have enough people to, to, to handle this. I think the mayor's comment about the number of people coming being like Disneyland numbers. And this is just, you know, little Lake Elsinore. We don't have the... We don't have the infrastructure to handle all, all these folks. And so that's what they're dealing with. This is a Monday, and the crowd that I'm looking at here from the top of this mountain that I climbed up to for you guys uh, is about, I'd say it's about equal to what I saw on a weekend, again, like three weeks ago. Do you root for Michigan in the tournament? No, I, I never root for Michigan. Are you serious? That's like, <laughs> listen, there are, there are problems. My wife and I have a fantastic marriage. Uh-oh. Most of our issues have to do with with sports. <laughs> Namely, I mean, thank, thankfully, she's no longer a Cowboys fan. She was a Cowboys fan when I first met her, and that was almost a deal breaker, but I've worked that out of her. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, she's Michigan through and through, and it's troublesome. And, you know, well, I we just, just try I, not I, to talk about I, it. Because I just I know that Penn State, it doesn't doesn't play in in the tournament so i just didn't know if you did or a Listen, solid we were in it we were in it champions last year don't blaspheme penn state basketball i just thought it NIT would be nice for your wife year. for once if you rooted for her team this march yeah you know mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably cheer for uva i like them a lot um and i yeah i don't like duke because they're duke and <laughs> I, I, know, I just, saw you know. I saw a stat that uh, Zion Williamson is like the only Duke player ever where if you hate Duke you can still love him. You know, he's like he 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 uh, he's a crossover player in terms of uh, Duke hatred. That you, you can't even people that hate Duke have to. They're admit, allowed to right to cheer have to, for have Zion. to root for that guy. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like him too. Well, I'll, I'll admit that. Um, I think because Christian Leitner is the poster boy of that program. Yes. I mean, has there ever been an easier face to hate? Oh, than he's Christian the Leitner? worst. So, like, he is the worst. So <laughs> I totally understand. Are you guys doing brackets? Uh, no, we do no, a baby we... animal bracket uh, every March. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, we're I working on that. that. So we'll get you. Uh, cool. We'll get your bracket as soon I'll as possible. I'll put a baby human in. You know, you guys want a baby human for your <laughs> no, baby animal? No, I bracket. want you to keep your baby human. This is such a cute baby. Look at that baby. Uh, okay, so wait, where can we uh, where can we see your po- your poppy pictures? Well, I haven't posted yet because I'm using my phone to talk to you guys. But okay. as soon as I am off the phone, yep. I'm going to post a bunch of beautiful poppy pictures. And I'm feeling very like Sound of Music right now. So so maybe there will be some spinning involved. I can't wait on top of this mountain. I can't wait. Excellent. This is why I woke up today. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. <laughs> Chris San Carlo on the top of unnamed mountain, uh, looking at the poppy apocalypse. I wonder for if us. he's wearing his sundress. Uh, well, we'll see as soon as he posts that picture. We'll make sure we'll get that to you. Well, it's very in vogue to hate the rich people these days, isn't it? With this college cheating scam and everything else. Well, it looks like there are some criminals that are also trying to take advantage of the super wealthy in Orange County. We'll tell you about them when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Oh, this is my- 
Brian Shannon. On this Monday, it's March 18th. Later in the show, we're going to get an update on the story out of the Netherlands. A gunman was able to kill three people and wound five others on a, a tram in the central Dutch city of Utrecht. Now, police do say they have arrested a 37-year-old guy born in Turkey they said was associated with the incident. Uh, we're getting more information, and by, by the end of the show, we'll have some more. We'll talk about it again. Uh, the president had a very busy weekend on social media. How do you how do you have time for anything else when that guy cranks out the tweets like 29 this? 29 tweets and retweets on Sunday saying that the FCC should investigate Saturday Night Live uh to kind of- to 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 show that the Democrats and the late night talk shows are in collusion. <laughs> He went after John McCain for a great uh, amount of time on Saturday, which is just disgusting. Did somebody, did, did he not? He went after General Motors. He was talking about Shepard Smith. I mean, it was insanity. Well, we'll talk more about that at 1230 when we get into uh, into Swamp Watch. A couple of uh, virtual kidnap cases have hit the Southland in uh, the course of about 24 hours. Uh, Sergeant Jim Cota with the Laguna Beach Police Department has been working on cases like this. Uh, a Laguna Niguel mother tried to get help. She got a threatening phone call. And what's happening is people will call your phone and say your kid has been kidnapped or we're holding your kid and we're not going to let them go until you give us money. Yeah, this woman says it was about 2.30 p.m. on uh, March 7th where she gets a call on her cell phone. And the guy in the other end says, yeah, I've kidnapped your daughter. I'm holding her and I want $5,000 or I'm going to kill the girl. Um, Then they order the victim to stay on the phone with him throughout it, throughout Going to the bank, withdrawing the money, the whole bit. Yeah, so you ostensibly wouldn't be able to check. If you were on the phone the whole time, you're not going to be able to check on the condition of your daughter. Text your daughter, right. Uh, So the guy goes to, um, there's a sound of a woman screaming in the background on the back, on the other end of the phone, saying that she'd been kidnapped or yelling. And in that sort of a high stress environment, you probably wouldn't even be able to recognize your daughter's voice. So the victim goes and withdraws $5,000, goes to a various wire transfer location outside the city where he transfers money to an account in Mexico. About 6.30 p.m. And this is four hours of terror, right? Because the first call came in at 2.30? Yeah. Four hours of this. He's completing the last transaction, and he gets a call from his daughter. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm in Laguna Beach. What's up? You, You weren't kidnapped? No, I wasn't kidnapped. Uh, he could not stop that final transfer of the funds. A day later, 11 in the morning, Laguna Beach police get another call. In this case, a victim was told that her daughter, who actually goes to college in Chicago, had been captured, directed again to withdraw money, wire it to a Mexican account from the same location in Costa Mesa. And according to police, according to that Sergeant Jim Cota, once the mom pulls out the money, she calls the police department but officers are able to stop her on the way out of town. They're able to stop the transfer of money. The woman was able, uh, eventually able to contact her daughter in Chicago and confirm that she was safe. There is a spike of these scams in, uh, in, in, in Orange County specifically. There have been several incidents reported in San Clemente 
recently. Last summer, they did the same thing. The FBI has been on to these people. And they say that one of the signs is when they keep you on the phone like that. But here's the other thing. Like if my daughter's been kidnapped, if I, if I believe that, I don't want to hang up that phone of, right. of the guy that has her. Right. You know? On the off chance that you're going to make that person mad and they're going to end up hurting your kid. Yeah, you want to keep contact, the only contact you have with your, with your kid. I guess I'm lucky enough to have a couple of phones available. Right. I mean, if my if I'm home and my wife is there, or I guess it wouldn't make sense if my daughter was there, I would know right away that she wasn't kidnapped. But the FBI says, if you do get one of these calls, the first thing they tell you is hang up. That would be the hardest thing to That's do. That's the first thing they tell you to do. Uh, if you don't hang up, you can stall for time, ask for proof of life, proof that the person reportedly kidnapped is really your relative, and then while you're doing that, somehow locate your family member immediately and, of course, report it to law enforcement. And if you can do that all while on the phone, clearly, I mean, that's going to keep open a line of communication that would eventually, hopefully, allow the police to figure out who was doing this. All right. Coming up next, California has got cannabis cash everywhere. It's just being stuffed in all sorts of pockets. What? That wasn't weird. I didn't say anything wrong. I know. Why'd you make the face? You uh, thought I was going to say something. I did. Yeah. Thank you for not. Cleaning it up. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. You watch me bleed until I can't breathe. Shannon, next hour, we're going to get into a Swamp Watch, of course, talk about our uh, 2020 candidates. Kirsten Gillibrand made it official. Joe Biden mad quite the slip over the weekend. Made it official and then not official. I didn't mean to say that. That's kind of what he said. So we'll talk all about that when we get into uh, what's going on in Washington, D.C. Also going on in Washington, D.C., a tale of love, loss, and raccoons. We'll bring it to you in the next hour as well. We, uh, a couple years ago... Approved Prop 64, which, of course, allows recreational marijuana use in the uh, in California. At the time, though, we also would leave it up to cities and counties to determine what sort, uh, what level, perhaps, of business in legal marijuana they were going to allow. A lot of states, uh, sorry, a lot of cities and counties decided they just didn't want to have anything to do with it, so they decided that it was going to be illegal. And that resistance is why there are so many bribery attempts. They want to buy help from city and county officials so that they can set up shop and start making a bunch of money. It's just ripe for, for bribery. Yeah, and it's even though we do have legalized marijuana in California, the... Illegal, the black market marijuana market is supposed to be three or four times bigger in terms of billions of dollars. I think it's uh, 3.7 billion. billion. Yeah, more than four times the size of the legal market. All right. So that that's also an issue here where you've even if you've got a place like Humboldt County where the majority of our marijuana was grown, that Emerald Triangle area, there are still rules that you have to – 
you have to play by if you're going to have a, a legal marijuana farm up there. Uh, by the way, that Netflix show that I watched called Murder Mountain, spe- spectacular in terms of explaining how old school marijuana farms are now faced with jumping through all these bureaucratic hoops just to get just to remain legal. There's a story out of Siskiyou County up there. The sheriff, John Lopey is his name. And he was caught off guard, he says, when a stranger offered him a million dollars if he'd keep deputies away from these cannabis farms, the illegal cannabis farms. He calls the FBI and they set up a sting and eventually deliveries of envelopes stuffed with thousands of dollars in cash were recorded by those FBI cameras and microphones. And two people were later indicted by a federal grand jury for attempting to bribe the elected sheriff. This has been going on for a long time where people uh, bribe city officials to get government contracts or what have you. Or cops to look the other way. All of that is done. It's just now people are getting caught. Apparently they've got about a half a dozen um, government corruption cases. Oh, and they're spectacular. Jermaine Wright. Mayor Pro Tem of Adelanto charged with agreeing to accept the bribe to fast track a marijuana business. Um, there was a guy in Humboldt County who was the building inspector, Patrick McTeague, arrested, charged with accepting $100,000 in bribes for marijuana businesses who were trying, uh, trying to get some help on their county permits. There was a guy, a federal jury reached guilty verdicts to bribery and extortion against Michael Kimbrew, who just happened to be a field representative for then-Congresswoman Janice Hahn because Michael Kimbrew accepted crash, uh, cash from an undercover FBI agent while pledging his undying support to protect a dispensary that was in the city of Compton that the city was trying to close. Uh, another one, just this week, last week, developer Dorian Gray held to answer by a judge in a preliminary hearing on charges of uh, offering bribes to a city council president in Oakland and to the assistant city manager, uh, sorry, assistant city administrator in Oakland, he offered the councilman cash to help obtain a cannabis dispensary permit. And then apparently also did so to the city administrator, said, hey, I got an envelope with 10 grand in it in my pocket with your name on it. (laughs) The administrator said, I don't do that. That's not the way I play this game. I love these stories. It's like like mafia kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know what this is all reminding me of when we haven't heard about an update in a while? Jose Weizar. Or Jose Weizar, the city councilman, the FBI mm-hmm. had opened up a corruption investigation in City Hall and uh, they, they raided his office. Jose Weizar led the Planning and Land Use Committee, a uh, very powerful committee at L.A. City Hall. And I'm just curious as to the update of what's going on and what they're investigating and if it was... One of those stories where somebody was giving him a little side cash or or something for a rubber stamp of something that the Planning and Land Use Committee would have to sign off on. Right. Well, this is uh, th- and this this problem of, you know, billions of dollars, literally billions of dollars in illegal marijuana growing a lot of it being used to bribe these public officials. These are just the cases that we know about. Don't may, yeah, right. And it's almost it's almost news when there is an above board story yeah. that goes on with with pot shops opening up in cities. Because you, if you were if you were running a city or you were connected to 
to City Hall in some way of a smaller town, it would be easy to tell everybody or to convince people, no, we don't want that in our town. We don't want that in our town, which means you you get to be the target for the 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 rich guys with pot coming in and saying, hey, how much can we pay you to change your mind? Yeah, bags of cash, literally yeah. just bags of cash that would fall out of the sky. Yeah. It just happened to be on your desk, of course. But elected officials don't get into business to uh, to profit from it. They, no, uh, they they're, just, they're, they're doing service. the work of the people. They're serving us. Servant, public servants, mm-hmm. if as it were. All right, when we come back, do yourself a favor. Let somebody know when you're filming a gunfight. Just tell somebody so that you don't also get shot by the police. It's a textbook rule. Simple. We'll review it when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. So I drive the taxi and the traffic distracts me from the strangers in my backseat. They remind me of you that I was late for this, late for that, late for the love of my life. And when I die alone, when I die alone, when I die, I'll be on time. Gary and Shannon. Coming up after Amy's news at the top of the hour, we will talk trending, everything everyone is talking about everywhere, so you are good to go and up to speed. They do say they've arrested a man who killed three people and injured five in Utrecht, south of Amsterdam there in the Netherlands. This is a guy who's 37, born in Turkey. He is known to police. He does have a criminal record, and they say that this does look like terrorism. We've uh, been following the, of course, the 2020 selection process. And as we get a little bit, uh, you know, a year out now from uh, caucuses and primaries, we're going to see 12, I think it's 12 official candidates on the Democratic side, uh, 12 major candidates, at least recognizable names. There are others that are floating around there. Joe Biden is really the only one who is expected to run, who has not announced that he's going to be running for president. But we all expect him to. And at 1230, we'll get into the big announcement from Kirsten Gillibrand from the weekend. Of course, Beto O'Rourke's very weird weekend. Oh, my goodness. Wax my butt. That's what he was writing poetry about. So he used a, <laughs> an even less poetic words than you just did. So No, didn't he say that? Those yeah, were, he that was, was the direct quote, wasn't it? said A. Oh. Yeah. And, then, and then what? And then and then what did he? Something about the front part. The testicles. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But he was a teenager. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm I'm more concerned about who still has that stuff available. Like, if I run for president, the only way you're going to find that is if you go through my my parents' storage container. I keep I kept a lot of that stuff uh-uh. from high school and junior high, even like notes and stuff. I don't know why, but I kept a lot of like it. notes to friends. Yeah, and boys. Uh, not yeah, probably there's no. some boys in there. I don't remember writing notes, long-winded notes during class to boys. I remember doing that with my girlfriends. Okay. You guys don't have any attention span for reading my words. (laughs) (laughs) There's no pictures in this note? I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. Well, uh, yesterday, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department uh, posted something. Uh, It wasn't yesterday. It was a couple days ago. Friday, actually. Friday evening. If you're going to be filming your music video up in the mountains this weekend, please do the following. Uh, Please do not do the following, it says. Pretend to kidnap and duct tape your victim. Victim, pretend to break free and get out of your trunk. Have a shovel. Use a handgun. This is uh, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department responding in a pretty funny way to something that could have been very serious. 
Yeah, it was Wednesday when uh, the San Dimas station received in a call about a possible kidnapping way up on Highway 39. The, in the San Gabriel Mountains. The caller said he saw two suspects pointing a gun at a victim whose hands were duct taped near a black BMW. He said that uh, these guys also have a shovel with them. So deputies, of course, rushed to the scene, lights and sirens blazing. And they detained three men. They figured, I don't know how you figured this out, though. I mean, was there somebody there with a camera? That would be the assumption, right? There's one guy with a camera, one guy with a handgun, and one guy with his hands duct taped as he's getting out of the uh, out of the back of the BMW. So you roll up on this. It can't take him that long to figure it out. But the guy was using an actual handgun, so he gets popped for some minor handgun violation, whatever that, whatever a minor handgun violation is. What I- what I want to know is how long did it take to tell this story to the cops and for the cops to actually believe this? Because if I pull up on a scene like this and you start telling me, oh, we're just shooting a music video, I'm saying baloney. Well, what if I have a high-definition camera with me? And I'm not, I don't just pull out my phone and I go, ah, we're getting some, uh, some B-roll for the great kidnapping scene in my next movie. I guess it would be the guy that's, uh, that's in the uh, duct-taped situation that would have to say i'm okay they're just doing this for a music video the gun's not loaded we're all in this together separate everybody i'd still be suspicious yeah if i was one of the responding officers we uh we tweeted the picture and the actual uh tweet that you can see from the sheriff's department as well at gary and shannon it's also up on our website if you go to kfiam640.com and use the keyword gary and shannon so there was a group there's a group of my friends uh that Right after high school, some of them stayed in town, and I was away. We had started a sketch comedy group. and What was the name? The Lonely Boys. And uh, they were doing... It's too true. It's They were doing a takeoff on America's Funniest Home Videos, and it was called America's Funniest Groin Injuries. Okay, I like it. That's good. The first scene is Bob's walking down the street and somebody opens the door on like a 78 Trans Am, which is the size of a battleship, the door alone. Yeah. And the door opens up and it's it's one of those doors that didn't have the A-frame over the window. It was just the door that yes. would open. So if the window was down, you're looking at a half a sheet of metal. Right into the groin. And right smack into the groin to the point where the guy is upholding himself and he's like, Riding, oh, totally exaggerating the injury, riding the door. <laughs> anyway, we were going downtown, uh, Petaluma, and from across the street, somebody had the camera, so it wouldn't look like we were just standing next to the guy who was going to be the, the target of this scene. Yeah. And these were all friends, all staged. Everybody knew each other. We were all doing this. Uh, one, one guy walks up and just... From across the street is what you see it, so it didn't actually connect, but he kicks the guy right between the legs and then turns around and runs off into, like, a parking garage, which is a half a block away, through an alley up, you know, and the guy's, you know, rolling around on the ground, holding himself, et cetera. The cops got called. The Whoever saw them do this gave a description of the kicker and said he ran off into the uh, parking garage. 
The cops got him and held him for a good hour and a half before we could convince. That is well, funny. I was gone at the time, but they before they could convince the cops. That is funny. You know what? And that's that's the thing. It would have taken me a long time. I'm I'm, cons- I'm wondering how long the deputies were there, because yeah, you got to vet that out. I mean, what are the chances that it's just a bunch of kids playing? Look at my groin; it hurts. Okay, that was a different show. I forget the name of it. A look at my groin; it hurts. No, America's funniest groin injuries. Right. Okay. I'm sure it's probably on the YouTube's by now. Really? No, I don't think so. Let's that Google was it. long before YouTube. There's like been... one guy out of your group of friends that is still making these videos, probably. Uh, I would say there's probably a couple. Of them. <laughs> Uh, it's possible. All right. When we come back, we're going to spend a lot of time in D.C. next hour because not only are we going to talk about politics and who wants to be running for president or who is running for president, we're going to talk about the uh, a little bit of light birding for you to start your Monday and specifically some some eagles in D.C. There and- are a lot of groin injury videos out there. This was not a unique idea. Well, hold on a second. For us, it was like 1991. Yeah. So unless those predate 1991, I don't want you saying that we stole our idea from somebody else. All right. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. If you feel it, could you let me know? Gary and Shannon, nepotism works. One of the latest quotes to come out of the college admissions scandal from one of the major names in Hollywood. Nepotism works and I have no problems with it. And you know what? I kind of agree with him (laughs) if I had kids and the the connections. We mentioned this last week that that this is sort of, I guess, pulling the curtain back on conversations that I know a lot of people have been having about how we look at college going forward and university educations because so many people are getting so far behind in student loans. They're going into massive debt in a, an attempt to get a master's degree in uh, medieval puppetry or whatever BS degree they're getting and n- then complaining about the fact that they don't have a job. They can't figure out how to, to do anything with whatever degree they have. So – there are people who are saying, listen, we got to stop pushing every kid and their brother and sister into college. It's just not for everyone. It's not. It's, and it's, it was never really designed to be for everyone. So uh, interesting in terms of that. I love hearing that refrain every once in a while. You just sent me down the Google hole of medieval puppetry and the history of puppetry in Britain. And? A cor- uh, 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 Apparently, the Victoria and Albert Museum has an extensive display on uh, puppetry, medieval puppetry. I'm telling you, those uh, those puppets are pretty brutal. Hey, what else is going on? Time for what's happening. Well, a shooter killed three people, wounded five more this morning in what authorities say may have been a terror attack. This is in Utrecht. The, uh, the Netherlands. It's uh, just south of Amsterdam. They do have a suspect in custody after a intense manhunt today. They say that this guy is born in Turkey. His name's Gokman Tanis, 37, had a criminal record and was known to police. The uh, Of course, the timing of this is what uh, adds to it. 
coming three days after the attack in New Zealand that killed 50 people when a guy opened fire at a couple of mosques in Christchurch. Donna Brazil is trending. Donna Brazil, the uh, former head of the Democratic National Committee, is trending because she got a job with Fox. This is an opportunity to reach across the aisle, to reach even within my own political party and to independents and others who might want to hear what's happening within the Democratic Party, what's happening in the country, and, and of course, hear my perspective. Is anybody going to ask her about the time that she was giving questions to Hillary Clinton before the debates? Right. Ah! Uh, any any uh, questions about meeting with Bill Clinton inside the plane on the tarmac? <laughs> now, listen, she, uh, uh, she's the got Ber- a- the whole Bernie Sanders debacle. Oh, my gosh. I mean, punching that guy in the face and making him wait his turn or whatever the whatever their reasoning it's, was. It's not like sh- the Democrats hold her up as their uh, spokesperson. No, but she will have some some pretty significant insight into some of the people who are running for president. But I don't know if I even trust her after all of that, after 2016. Okay. you got to give people a chance. A second chance? Give her a chance. She'll, right. win, she'll win you over. Okay. Look at you. Feel good Monday. <laughs> this is grossing me out. Oh, I love it. Hilton is in the news. Hilton Hotels, uh, they have a plan for your used soap. They are going to collect used bars of soap. And recycle them into new bars of soap. I would love to I would know. Like, I would the like to go on the on record yes, go as on. saying a used bar of soap yep. is never going to be a new bar of soap. Well, do you change your soap every day? It's my soap. It's not Bob. Bob, Bob. from Chicago's soap Bob that was and his left- random dirt and hair and right. They uh, this is a project in conjunction with Clean the World the organization that distributes soap to communities in need. They're going to collect soap from the various hotels, including all of the embassy suites, Hilton Garden Inn, Hampton Homewood Suites, and Home 2 Suites. They say it's crushed, sanitized, and cut into new soap bars. Right. How do you get Bob's hair out of that soap? You burn it or you melt it. It's still there. That stuff would float to the, the top. and then you, of Bob's and then you, hair. You skim across the top, still, skim the detritus off the there. top of the soap soup, and then, oh, and then put it all back together. Nothing wrong with that. You want to wash yourself average, with Bob's hair? What's the average stay in a hotel? Two nights? Probably. Three something nights? Like something that. like that? Mm-hmm. And those little bars of soap always outlast you, right? I don't think I've ever gone through an entire bar no. of that, you know, feels as soft as a deck of playing cards. But I don't think I've ever gone through that. So they're they're just dealing with, I'm what? It's used I know, soap. but I, they're going to sanitize it. When soap, it's be- self-clean. Yeah, I know. soap is always clean. By definition, I, soap is clean. I know you're one of those people that doesn't want to throw anything out, but this is where I draw the line. You've got to throw out your used soap. Nobody wants to bathe themselves in your leg hair. Moving on. The Super Bloom ban has lifted. Lake oh. Elsinore has reopened, mm. which is why Chris Ann Carlo is right now doing a yoga pose in a field of poppies to get the perfect angles for his perfect selfie that will get as many likes as it possibly can. And knowing him, it's going to He hasn't posted anything yet. I texted him. Have you been trying to take the perfect selfie this entire time? Nothing. He said he's getting lots of good pictures. I talked to him right before the top of the hour. Okay. But he's got to actually post them. Well, there's that. MySpace, guys, has lost every single piece of content uploaded to its site before 2016. 
Are, is, is someone upset a, is now? Is MySpace, is that the one where you had like your top eight friends or something? Uh, I was, that was never on the MySpace. I don't think I, I don't was think. either. But yes, it was that. That was where the friends thing started. They said, and there was a lot of music as well. Music has been lost permanently. And I guess for a long time, people were using MySpace to share music, to get music. They called it the MySpace Generation Cohort of Artists. Lily Allen, Arctic Monkeys, Yaysayer, they all got sort of their start and became popular on MySpace. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that about yeah. those. So, uh, but that's weird, though, because I don't know anybody that was still had stuff on MySpace that they couldn't, uh, that they hadn't taken down or put on a different page. Jelly Belly is getting into the cannaboy, cannaboid? Cannabinoid. Cannabinoid. Cannabinoid? Cannabinoidal. Cannabidial. <laughs> I hate us. Stupid show. <laughs> the, C- <laughs> the CBD oil. Anyway. Oh, you don't know how to say that? They're putting. You must it- be a prude. The- <laughs> oh, you've never done hot rail? Oh, okay. Oh, why are you guys even allowed to have a radio show if you've never done Ugh, meth? I'll God. But. <laughs> J- Jelly Belly is going to add CBD oil to a line of its candies. Um, they said it's going to be. Uh, they're going to sell CBD oils. <laughs> 38 flavors, including toasted marshmallow, mango, pina colada, all of it. Now, they're saying that the CBD is is that the CBD is not the one that gets you high. No, no. CBD is for, like, uh, if you have anxiety mm. or you have pain. Right, you want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the other stuff. It's the THC that will get you it, right. that will get you the high. I think everybody knows that. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Okay, my favorite story of the day when we come back. Is it, about, it is, is a it? soap opera like no other. It's like Chris and Carlo. Can't you just see him? Oh, I can't. With pants or no pants at this point? Oh, at this point? Yeah. He, 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 I think he lost him halfway up the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Gary and Shannon. Actually, I got... want to see him dancing and doing the Julie Andrews spin at the top of the hill. Yeah, I can't tell. She's, she's got kind of a Chris and Carlo haircut in this scene. <laughs> Look at without, that. Without the beard. That's a Chris and Carlo smile right there. I could never sit through this movie. Nobody should have to sit through it's this It's one of my mother's favorite movies. But the most I... terrifying celebration of Nazism you've ever seen. Is it? Well, I mean, just that... She's so. I know that that's so part of the dichotomy, is that you can have so much pathos in the Nazi part of it, and such happiness in the finding I, I joy in a stream. That, when I was a child, this is the part I couldn't get over her happiness, like her just yeah. unbridled joy yeah. in everything. Smoke from the takeover of Europe in the background. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. You guys made a record. Sorry. Sorry. Keeping it real. I read a history book or two. All right. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Amy the King. Show in a minute. So let's go back to That happened. I guess we'll find out, huh? 
It is a busy swamp watch on your door. day. Hey, I saw you the other day. <laughs> uh, it is a busy swamp watch day. What do you mean? Well, we've got... Who, who's running now? Kirsten Gillibrand. Right. She's going uh, to have an issue. Lady? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, she is another woman. I think they're... Wow. How many is that? So Five? we talked about the uh, Better O'Rourke media love affair with him uh, last week after he announced. Well, coverage kind of took a turn over the weekend. Apparently, people are upset that he's not a woman. They're upset that he uh, is appears to be too Republican for the Democrats. Oh, and the poetry he wrote as a teenager involves things like wax my butt. Uh, I think that's one of the uh, <laughs> the lines in his poems. We'll we'll go through those with you because they're, they're fun. Uh, but let's let's talk about uh, some friends of ours in the uh, in the bird world. This is all anyone can talk about in Washington D.C. That's sad, considering there's a lot going on in D.C. It's a love affair, well, it's one of those. but it's also a tale of trouble. Rough waters in this said love affair. We're talking about the relationship between liberty and justice. Liberty and justice are bald eagles who have nested and raised eaglets together for 14 years on the grounds of the D.C. Police Academy. They have a mating ritual that they go through every year. Uh, they, they, They mate. The eggs are laid. The hatching happens, people set up the eagle cams, everyone loves it. But this year, they say it's been unusually dramatic, twists and turns. And the eagle watcher community is just flummoxed. They say it's it's been a roller coaster ride. So here's the deal. They made it, just like they always do, February 9th. That's their day, huh? That's their day. (laughs) Now, normally at that point, Liberty would lay eggs, usually two, and spend most of her time sitting on them while they incubated. And the and the male, Justice, would go get food to bring it back to the family. But not this year. Not this year. Not this year. So they hook up, uh, and Justice leaves. The dad just leaves. And so Liberty... Damn it, Liberty, I can't stand for this Liberty's anymore. stuck there, keeping the eggs warm, but she also has to gather food, right? And so during Justice's exit, during Dad's exit, a younger male eagle swoops in uh-huh. at the nest yeah. and starts courting Liberty. Uh, ma'am, I so just people, outside fixing that fence out there and notice y'all alone up in here. So some speculated that this younger eagle actually fought the dad and drove him from the nest. But there, you can't confirm or deny that. There's no evidence. How do you determine that? It's a... And, was, and then the, another eagle shows up. A second young male eagle shows up. This sounds like to, a lifetime To hook movie. up with her. I know. I told you it was dramatic. So after about 10 days of no dad, Liberty's like, screw this. She's been like talking to the younger eagles or whatever, but she's like, I got to get out of this nest. I've, so I've, she, I've got to move on. So she leaves. She starts making short flights away from the nest, but unfortunately... The temperature of the eggs she was sitting on dropped too low, That's and too so much. they were never going to be viable. Uh-oh. So then she starts flying away with one of the younger eagles, one of the new suitors, for like two days, and just leaves the non-viable eggs sitting in the nest. Well, like she has good. like a, a weekend with him. 
And so as soon as she comes back, by the way, the dad comes back. Justice comes back. Justice, I thought you were dead. I mean, he was gone for two weeks. Where have you been? I thought you were gone for good. Now, she did not take him back right away. You cannot just waltz back into my life. But then like a week later, they were shown back together. I guess she let him back into the into the nest. True love finds a way. So now we've got to figure out if she's still fertile this late in the mating season and if she can lay any more eggs because they have been, you know. I've been accursed with my inability to lay the eggs. The dad, by the way, Justice continues to leave for like a couple days at a time. Like I've he still left, got business out there, honey. He, he had to leave for like five days last week or something. Five days? I mean, that's a long business trip, Justice. I gotta go get some smokes. Some people think that he might be having another nest. Like that, he's living a double no. life. What? Anyway, I thought you'd just want to know what was going on. Very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Very dramatic. Bald Eagle is a very charismatic character. I thought it was interesting. It is. All right, we'll talk about Swamp Watch when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Nobody wants to be alone. Shannon, on this uh, Monday, it's March 18th, (laughs) at the top of the hour, we're going to get an update on the situation (laughs) in the Netherlands. Uh, A guy walked onto a a tram, was able to shoot and kill three people, and apparently injure as many as five others, and uh, of course... We'll check in, make sure that, uh, see if there's any new news on that. I've got an update from uh, Lake Elsinore and Chris and Carlo among the poppies. The hills are alive with the sound of people taking selfies and the poppies. He's spinning around. And it's so beautiful and gorgeous that people fall down the mountain while they're taking pictures that are selfies in the poppies. I feel like we should apologize to his Pretty gorgeous. And you look around, I mean, this is uh, best classified as an actual super bloom. And um, here's the uh, here's the mountain that I climbed up. <laughs> I don't know if you can call it a mountain. Maybe a ridge. God. We'll call it a mountain. Oh, my God. Is that not the best thing? Oh, my gosh. Good for him. So good. It's time for Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Well, some people were calling it the president's craziest day ever on Twitter. Sent out 29 tweets and retweets, which is, as CNN wrote it, a remarkable thing to say about the chief executive of the United States. Is there nothing else to do? That's a lot of tweets for one day. It's a lot of tweets for anybody at any time, let the, alone the guy who is. Uh, well. I'll run down the, the tweets uh, the, that the FCC or the Federal Election Commission should investigate whether Saturday Night Live and late night talk shows are in collusion with the Democrats and or Russia. 
Uh, let's see here. He went after Senator John McCain, God rest his soul, for allegedly sending the FBI that Steele dossier before the election. It was well, he did turn over the dossier, but it was December. It was after the election. Here's the grossest part of that. He called McCain last in his class at the U.S. Naval Academy. Oh my God, this is a man who spent six years in a tiger cage for the love of God. Uh, let's see. He urged Fox News to reinstate host Janine Pirro after she went after uh, that uh, Muslim congresswoman. Elon Omar. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. So he wants he wants Saturday Night Live to be investigated for what they do on TV and wants Janine Pirro to get her job back because of what she does on TV. Yeah. He uh, accused General Motors of letting our country down. Mm-hmm. Because the the company is re- relocating four American factories, didn't he? I think today he he shook his fist at the sky and just in all caps wrote "Make America Great Again." And I think he's done that multiple times. Like that tweet alone has been out there multiple times. He retweeted uh, the the main promoter of the PizzaGate story. Remember the Pizzagate story during the 2016 election yeah. that Hillary Clinton was yeah. running some sort of child sex trafficking ring out of a pizza restaurant? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was just Busy bizarre. Uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, the, uh, the senator from New York, has said that she will be running for president, made it official this weekend, even though she had done an exploratory committee before that. She's now the fifth high-profile woman uh, to say that they want to, sh- that she wants to get the nomination for the Democratic Party. Of course, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Tulsi Gabbard are the others. Uh, and there could there could be more that come along. Really, the only big name that we are expecting to run, who has not yet officially announced that he would run, is the former Vice President Joe Biden. Although, over the weekend, he uh, made a mistake and basically said that he is going to run and then took it back and said, no, I, I mean, not I'm not going to. It's just, just saying things. I know I get criticized. Oh, let me turn that up a little bit, Joe. You're getting old. I know I get criticized. I'm told I get criticized by the new left. I have the most progressive record of anybody running for the United Anybody who would run. Oh. Do you think he meant to do that? No. Okay. <laughs> Joe Biden does not mean he doesn't he doesn't mean half of the things that he says. Okay. Uh, especially not that one. Beto O'Rourke raised $6.1 million in the first 24 hours of his campaign, the largest launch haul announced by any candidate so far this cycle. Um, It looks like he's in trouble, however, over some poetry he wrote when he would go by the name of Psychedelic Warlord. Yeah, some, some hacking group that he was supposedly a part of. He wrote a poem called The Song of the Cow, published in 1988. I'm going to read to you. Oh, my pulled muscle hurts. The Song of the Cow, a poem by Psychedelic Warlord. So thankful that you're reading this. I need a butt shine right now. You are holy, O sacred cow. I thirst for you. Provide milk. (laughs) Wait, stop. Okay, what's the matter? Stop, just one second. All right, yeah. I'll just pull the car over as needed. Okay. What is a butt shine? 
Uh, what does that mean? I would imagine it's where you, you know, apply a light wax and then just buff it out so that you could see your reflection in a cheek. Continue. Buff my ball, my bees. Just got to be careful because I'm not sure where buff the line them, is. Buff them, huh? Buff them. You know, I think Petros and Money say that pretty regularly. Love the cow. Good fortune for those that do. Love me. Breathe my feet. The cow has risen. Breathe my feet. I don't know. Breathe my feet. Again, I don't know if they're... Breathe. How old was he when he did this? Uh, well, he was 1988, so 30 years ago. So he would have been 16-ish, something like that, 17, 18. <laughs> I can't believe anybody even dug this up. He was 16. Wax my egg. <laughs> okay, wait. Maybe, Scrub- I'll, maybe I'll reconsider. Okay. Scrub. Yeah. Wax my A, scrub my B's. The cow has risen. Provide milk. <laughs> the, the, the provide milk uh, reoccurring statement is 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 just right up there with uh, scrub my B's in terms of creepiness. Oh, milky wonder, sing for us once more. Live your life, everlasting joy. Thrust your Oh my gosh! I'm going to read this exactly as it because this is an important part here. I think this is we're getting to the crux of what goes on in Beto O'Rourke's mind. Thrust your hooves up my analytic passage. Enjoy my fruit. Provider of cheese and other wonderful dairy products, we will cleanse your inner intestines. We will bathe in your pungent odor. Gather cotton. Count my eyes. Smell my skin. Love the scarecrow and the milkman. I live only for eternity. Thirst for the undrinkable. Hold the heat. Praise the doughboy at the pizza shop. Love the oxen dung. Ladies and gentlemen, a song of the cow, a poem by psychedelic warlord also known as the next president of the United States of America. I I guess I'm just still perplexed about why he started the song of the cow with the line, I need a butt shine. I don't. It just, it really sets you down a road that has nothing to do with the milk of the cow. Hey, uh, $6.1 million can't be wrong. The part about the cheese, I get that. The part about, you know, milk, I get that. But I need a butt shine as your opening line makes no sense. And, and did you guys say is was this just for fun or did he like do this for school? Uh, I don't for school. He said he published it uh, online. <laughs> yeah, the group had a Wait, website. There was no online back then. Yeah, there was. The In eighty gr- eight. Sure. The group okay. had a website. Well, was, I mean, it was on a computer. How's that? It was called cultdeadcow.com. Stand by. Cult of the dead cow. Yeah. On my current. Search engine screen. Yes. I have butt shine urban dictionary and then all of the selections. And it's just like totally terrible. And I blame the future president of the United States for that. When we come back, Lana Zak is going to join us. We're going to be talking specifically about the president going after John McCain seven months after he died. We'll talk about that when we come back and do some small oh, swamp look at watch. This. It's like one of those rudimentary. It's like an old yeah. DOS website, yeah. isn't it?
I don't know if those things are, again, it's like hot rails. I'm not, I'm not talking in a language I'm, I'm quite familiar with, but then again, I also don't know what the, what Beto O'Rourke was talking about when he wanted to have the hooves up his analytic passage. America's oldest hacking group, the original hacking super group is what it's called. Huh. All right. Gary and Shannon will continue. I don't understand why you're so Gary and Shannon. It looks like that mass murderer in New Zealand sent an email before he started his attack on two mosques in New Zealand there that left uh, 50 people dead. They said it was 36 minutes of terror and that it was telegraphed by a chilling email that was sent to the prime minister's staff and uh, just was was noticed and seen too late. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine they would have any ability to, to catch that before it happened. Um, next hour, we're going to get into Operation Varsity Blues. We're going to revisit one of our favorite stories that's uh, on, been unveiled this year and uh, talk about how William H. Macy, uh, husband of Felicity Huffman and Lori Lachlan and her husband, every one of these people has been has said something in the past that just did not age very well, considering they're now facing federal charges. Lana Zak now joins us from Washington, D.C., and the president quite active on Twitter over the weekend, Lana, and seemed to take aim at, at John McCain. Why, what's the timing of this? Yeah, people would expect that uh, that of all the things the president has uh, to, to worry about, uh, a senator who passed away seven months ago would probably not be the person that anybody would have guessed would be the the source of his ire recently. But the president was uh, was attacking John McCain for um, being involved in any way in the Steele dossier. But in his in his comments, he actually got several things incorrect. Uh, he said that McCain had had spread the discredited dossier. Um, that actually isn't the case. He had handed it over to the FBI after um, and he and the president accused him of doing it, trying to to um, sway the election. But he actually did that after uh, a week after the election was completed. So um, the president really getting worked up and, and people now wondering if this is all an attempt to try and distract us uh, from the the Russia investigation and the contents of that that dossier and, and the questions about Russian interference and instead focus on how incredible it is that he is attacking somebody who had passed away already. Yeah, but uh, a trigger. I mean, I can't even I can't imagine that there's anything that happened that that would have triggered the the response that he gave on Twitter. Well, in terms of justifying it, I'll leave that to others to decide whether there's anything that would justify uh, speaking about the dead that way. But um, but what uh, what prompted it, likely Gary, was that um, that a deposition that uh, that Christopher Steele, the the former British intelligence officer who was commissioned to do opposition research on President Trump, that uh, deposition was uh, in a federal court was recently released, and I think that's um, what's given that the timeliness. Uh, because in it he talks about um, the people he he gave the dossier to, including uh, the late senator. Megan McCain uh, hitting back, I, I saw on social media as well. 
Absolutely. And also on The View today, she said that uh, that President Trump um, spends his weekends not with his family, um, but, uh, but, quote, obsessing over great men you could never live up to. Um, she also uh, said that uh, that um, her father is a man that that will haunt President Trump because he is a man he uh, that McCain was a man that Trump could never be. Um, and uh, and really saying that no one will ever love Mr. Trump in the way that they loved her father. All right, Lana, thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Lana Zach there with the latest uh, from the White House, actually, about where what the president might have been referring to when he was going after John McCain earlier this uh, weekend, actually. Coming up next, we'll get an update on what appears to be a terrorist attack in Utrecht. 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 Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Oh, my, my, my. Told you uh, earlier today, check it out on the podcast, how the uh, Seattle Times has put together a pretty exhaustive look at the relationship between the FAA and Boeing, especially when it came to the safety measures that were put in place in the 737 MAX 8s and MAX 9s, and how it is that Boeing itself was hired by the FAA to inspect the safety equipment on its own and then report to the FAA. So uh, that's all on the just a, a weird change uh, in the policies of how it is the government would keep tabs on a private company like that by hiring the private company to do so. Well, the mayor of Utrecht says that it appears that this was a terror attack. The shooter who kills three people and wounds five more on a tram in this residential neighborhood Monday morning. Aaron Katursky is on the story for us and joins us with the latest. Aaron. Um, the uh, the Dutch Prime Minister has spoken within the last hour or so and said that the three people uh, uh, were killed. Uh, there were some others very seriously wounded, and uh, you know a couple of others with with on life threatening injuries. The suspect allegedly had an automatic weapon, fled from the, the scene after the assault, and then um, was finally picked up later in the day a Turkish national, and his motives are now under. Investigation. There is the possibility, of course, of, of terrorism, but there are also some personal motives that his family has talked about as well. And so the the, uh, uh, the Dutch officials have not ruled out anything. Yeah, I, I saw a report that he may have actually been targeting one of his relatives in the shooting. And again, it's a report, so nothing has been confirmed. Right. The, so what do we know about the rest of uh, the European Union, uh, other countries that immediately border the Netherlands in terms of what they were doing to watch out for this guy? Well, he apparently had been known to the Netherlands Justice Department, um, but what put him on that radar, we're not quite sure. Um, but it, the, the, the neighborhood is, is certainly a, um, known for this kind of uh, you know, the radicalized type behavior, if that's what this turns out to be. But again, it could also just be somebody with a personal relationship. So, you know, it may not be relevant, whatever he was on the radar for. Quite the intense uh, manhunt that that was described as they were looking for this guy. Where did they track him down? Well, they, they finally tracked him down near, not 
terribly far. He didn't, he didn't get so far, but he was armed with what's believed to be a semi-automatic weapon. There was a concern that uh, people would approach him or that he might try to act out. They just didn't know. And so they finally were able to take him into custody. And, uh, and, and you know, now they'll begin the process of uh, getting him prosecuted. But I, I think the, the, the concern and part of the reason why the threat level was raised is because generally there's been a fear that since the attacks on two mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand, there is the possibility um, that there could be retaliatory attacks. And, and law enforcement officials in this country issued a, a joint intelligence bulletin uh, recently reflecting that concern um, that, that it would become an excuse to uh, to launch retaliatory attacks. And, and so that's part of the reason why I think there was so much concern about what happened on the tram, even if it turns out to be, you know, a personal thing. Have Dutch authorities reduced the terror alert level back down? They did. Um, they, they, they brought it back down from its highest level. I never really know what these alert levels mean practically. In different countries, they mean different things, but it certainly uh, drew a significant response when it happened. It looks like there may be some diplomatic repercussions to this as well uh, between Turkey and, and the Netherlands, which have been not great in the past couple of years. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not familiar enough with that part of the story to intelligently um, say so, but um, I, I look, I believe it's true, and, and we know that um, a number of European countries have been concerned about about immigration. But I, you know, as I say, I have to leave that to the diplomatic sources. Yeah, I just I was just reading that they they said that it, there was kind of a breakdown between the Netherlands and, and Turkey two years ago because the Netherlands blocked the Turkish government officials from holding uh, campaign rallies for a referendum back home, apparently, and that the Turkey's president in campaign speeches was comparing Dutch and German politicians to Nazis and fascists. So they said that they were going to meet tomorrow, uh, Turkish and Dutch officials, to discuss their relations, their cooperation moving forward, to see if any of that played a role in this, I, I suppose. Interesting. Yeah, fascinating. I mean, the interplay between the two countries is interesting. Aaron, we appreciate everything. Thank you. Thank you. Aaron Katursky there, live from New York with some of the latest on this. Um, the uh, the potential for this to be terrorism obviously is still there, uh, according to Dutch officials. But some of the relatives apparently had told a news agency, the Anadolu News Agency, that the 37-year-old guy opened fire on a relative for family reasons, was what they said, and then later shot at other people who may have been trying to intervene. Interesting. So uh, this is definitely not a not something that's uh, that's over. And Aaron referred to when they finally found this guy and when they got him out of a uh, uh, a building, I guess, that he was living in, they uh, found him at a flat. And when they did pull him out of there, they had his face all covered up so you couldn't see him. Officers had climbed over a barbed wire wall in the back to surprise him. And uh, I guess there were they were at least uh, one or two pictures that they had taken from him inside the tram that come with a timestamp and everything. Show him with a big blue jacket on, uh, bearded face, and one of them is a side profile. One of them is just almost from straight on. And they were able to get this, these pictures out there throughout the Netherlands and able to identify him pretty quickly. Well, everybody is unearthing comments that the celebrities wrapped up in this college admissions scandal have said in in the past things that, like you said earlier, may not have aged well. We're also learning how widespread this is and more reaction slash fallout to the idea that people legally 
pay money for their kids to get into school all the time, pretty routinely. All the time. Oh, also, yes. coming up this hour, mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling. Oh, don't do this. Is talking all about the sex lives of the characters in her books. Why? And they're children's books, mind you. I read uh, the first book, I think. No, I know I read the first one. I think I may have read the second one. Well, I'm, and again, it was 10, 15 years ago. I don't remember there being a lot of sex scenes. There wasn't. It was uh, irrelevant. Uh, um, but we've got three people in that room right there that are pissed off about this because they love Harry Potter. They hold those characters close to their little hearts. And they I've never seen these three more heated hmm. than when they were talking about Harry Potter. We'll have to go. We'll have to roll in the John and Ken's Harry Potter desk and uh, do the story. Do they Coming have up that next one? the Lonely Boys? Easy there. Just because I had friends. Uh, Gary and Channel will continue in just a moment. I just want to keep calling your name until you come back home. I can't get over the video of the dog that gets loose on the freeway. And all the drivers that are trying to corral this dog by pulling over, getting out of their car, and running down the freeway after the dog. What kind of dog is it? Looks like a Scottish Terrier. No, stop it. It That's does. That's not funny. It does. It's not. Oh, my God. Doesn't no, it? it doesn't. Yeah, it does. No, it's a little Terrier, but it's Watch not a Scottish this. Terrier. Watch this. Oh. What? He jumped a fence? And then the video cuts off, and you don't know what happened to the dog. That's the worst video ever. It is the worst video. Good Lord. Isabella is never allowed to bring stuff into showtime anymore. <laughs> to showtime? To playtime? Hey, like, cut me come... some slack. It's a great video. Mm-hmm. The dog could have survived. We just don't know. I don't know, man. It didn't look good. That's a cliffhanger. It's on the Gary and Shannon Twitter if you want to see it. <sighs> All right. William H. Macy says he has no problem giving his daughters a leg up in Hollywood. I get this. He uh, made comments on Entertainment Tonight about supporting nepotism, (laughs) which is hilarious. 2004, William H. Macy says, nepotism works, and I have no problems with it since one can help your children in this business. I mean, if you could help out your kids in any area of their chosen field, why wouldn't you? Right, right. I got it. Um, But in the context of... What we've seen he and his wife, Felicity Huffman, now do in the context of their daughters, they helped, They spent tens of thousands of dollars to cheat on college entrance well, exams to get them into... She's named in the affidavit, but yes. he is not. Well, this is... I think this is one of those things where it's a matter of time before he gets caught up in this. Because how do you... I don't know how you would be able to... Spend that much money without your spouse knowing? No, no. And th- well, uh, yeah. How would you be able to do that? How would you be able to disentangle what is the two of them together as a married couple caring for the children and making decisions like this? I could see it going something like this, where she is more involved with the kids. She's the one who's going to be hiring the college consulting services, and he knows that she just handles all of that. And it's going to cost whatever it costs. And I don't think that they they sit down and go over their budget every month uh, like some people may do. I think that it was just maybe Felicity's to handle. And he may not. 
I'm also saying this because I really like William H. Macy. You want to defend him? Yeah. You want to protect him from his own wife? But I think that there are some couples that maybe not everything's talked about like this when it comes to details, even if there are thousands of dollars being spent. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Just in February, by the way, just last month, William H. Macy told Men's Journal the best advice he ever received, never lie. It's the cheapest way to go, he said. Lies cost you a lot, and they're never worth what they cost. Thank you, Confucius. A, a British tabloid ran with the story today about their different the properties that they own. I guess they own two homes here in L.A. They have a place in Aspen or something like that and a, a cabin in the woods in Vermont. That's part of the reason why the judge set Felicity Huffman's bail so, so high. Uh, 2006, William H. Macy was quoted as telling the uh, Entertainment Tonight, there's a kind of person who thinks it's all right to lie a little bit for a greater good, but people who lie a little bit for the greater good are called liars, and that's the end of it. How much? Which which part of that got all the way across the room to uh, to Felicity Huffman? Did you hear Gavin Newsom over the uh, weekend? I tried to tune him out. Uh, he said that the uh, college admission scandal extends beyond these these charges, um, and suggested it sh- suggested this it should include this crackdown, the illegal bribery of billionaires buying naming rights on university buildings. He said it's a deeper issue than the bribery and holding these people to account, which they should be. It goes against the nature again of wealth. He says, what about the legal bribery that exists in higher education? Do you think seriously, does anyone think that someone who writes a $100 million check to a university doesn't have a cell phone of someone who's influential? Um, he I don't is, understand why. He, the, I don't know if he gets to those. I don't know if he gets to be on this soapbox of uh, the quest against the wealthy. I mean, he's from Ross for crying out loud. Right. Uh, Ross, a town so rich it only needs four letters in its name. And he claimed to have grown up without a lot of money, saying that his mother had to work a couple jobs or something Mm -hmm. of that nature. In Ross. In Ross. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Which, I mean, by Ross standards, he may have. He may have not grown up wealthy by Ross standards. Let me just get some perspective from Wikipedia on how much money is in Ross. Let's see. Let's find out the... uh... Average salary here. It's going to take me a minute. Oh, okay. Uh, remind you then that Gavin Newsom's father was a, a state appeals court judge and an attorney for a little company called Getty Oil. Yeah. The idea that he didn't have money growing up is kind of a, a fairy tale. I can't find it. Well, but you don't think that Ross is a. Uh, you don't think Ross is. Down on its luck right now? No. No. I don't think it ever has been. They, um, Felicity Huffman had to post a quarter million dollars bail to get out of jail, and she and William H. Macy were in court again on Friday, checking in on the conditions of her bond. And the court didn't show any appearance for either one of them, though there was a, a 10 o'clock in the morning hearing that was closed to the public. And again, William H. Macy, not indicted in this whole scheme. 
The median household income for Ross, California is $199,000. That's 212% higher than the California average and 260% higher than the national average. Hmm. $200,000 a year. And I think that's low. I think it's probably low. Anyway. He, uh, I didn't realize that he played baseball at Santa Clara. Gavin Newsom did. He actually went on a partial baseball scholarship. Of course he did. To Santa Clara. He probably knew someone at Santa Clara. Get it? One of those connected Jesuit schools. He knew someone at... That's enough. Uh, But I can't wait. This this story is just... It's getting... It's getting... Better and better. Every day that goes by, we're getting more and more information about this, these families and what it is that they did in an attempt to get their kids into these schools. And for the most part, whether the kids wanted to or not. I mean, a lot of these kids either didn't know about what was going on or in the case of Lori Lachlan's two little brats, I they think, didn't even want to go to USC. I think 90% of the kids knew what was going on. And have we talked about Arizona State yet? I, so Lori Lachlan's kids wanted to go to ASU because they wanted to party. Right. Why didn't ASU come out with a public relations coup and say, you know what? Your little your little tarts wouldn't have made it into our school. We wouldn't have accepted you. They would have. I know. Uh, I know. And, and ASU probably isn't even paying attention. Listen, ASU is probably still sleeping it off at Theta Chi. It's not, it's not <laughs> even forgot. paying attention to this. Somebody came up to me on Friday and said, uh, I'll bet you we could find <laughs> – we could find a bus stop somewhere near here, and you know they're going to let us take the beer from Old Stump Brewing yeah. and let Shannon go uh, pound a beer bong by a bus stop. It was one the of the Solar Kite. Max guys. Right. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Good times. All right. Coming up next, the kids are going to lose it about uh, Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling is trying to seem progressive, I guess you could say, uh, so much so that she's uh, assigning her characters in her children's books different sexualities yes nick is i've never seen nick so upset gary and janet will continue he, he keeps a pretty even keel but not today not today Mm-mm. not on my watch Gary and Shannon, we've been uh, following the story out of the Netherlands all day. A gunman killed three people and wounded five others on a tram in the uh, central Dutch city of Utrecht. Police did arrest a 37-year-old Turkish man they said was associated with the incident. Now, they did say there's a possibility it was connected to terrorism, but some of this guy's family members had said that this was a family dispute that got out of hand, that he went to target specifically a relative and then shot other people who were trying to intervene. Did you ever wonder who Dumbledore liked to have sex with? Oh, wow. Uh, no. No, none of us did. Harry Potter, Harry Potter, I'm Harry Potter, Harry, Harry Potter, singing our song all day long at Hogwarts. Is that the theme you're talking about, Isabella? You thought that'd be a great idea to get the Harry Potter theme? You know, not the song I was thinking. You know, maybe the actual song that they play in the movie. Never seen it. Oh, no. Yeah. So all of these children's books and the characters, there's some things that don't come up, like, you know, sex. Because, I don't know, they're kids' books. I'm sure if you did a very cursory search on the Internet, you could probably find. You can find anything on the Internet. 
if somebody, it's related to sex. Somebody wrote some fan fiction sure. erotica. You look like you're familiar with it. No, this is not that face. This face is people need better hobbies. J.K. Rowling is now outing uh, everybody in, in what they're into, what their sexual proclivities are. She announced in a Q&A back um, in October of 2007, I thought it was 17, that Albus Dumbledore was gay. Now, I this do is have... This is hurting the hearts of our... our, our... Our Harry Potters. Our Harry Potter. That first part, of all, because that part had been hinted all, at for a long time. Let's let's establish some some groundwork here. Blake, which house are you in? Um. Well, I've only done the the Pottermore thing one time, and I was slithering on that one. Okay. So. And 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 producer Nick. Nick's definitely a Gryffindor. I was hoping that. I think I got Hufflepuff. Oh, right? and, Hufflepuff. And, yeah. and Isabella, what house are you in? I got Gryffindor. Okay, so we all know. So we've got three different houses mm-hmm. represented here. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Sharon's totally a Slytherin. Yeah, I know. You think I'm a bad person. I get it. No, 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 no. You can be good. I think Gary's a Ravenclaw. I can see it. Or he's a Hufflepuff. He's totally more Hufflepuff than Ravenwood. When, Claw. Claw. When <laughs> Ravenwood. Marion Ravenwood is Sorry, that's uh, a from wine. Indiana Jones. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Nick, why were you so upset about what Dumbledore does with this Dumbleding? It's not that I'm upset over it. You it's seemed just, upset. Well, it's just kind of annoying that J.K. Rowling has this tendency now to sort of go back and retroactively say things about her characters in an attempt to seem, like, woke, I think. Mm-hmm. I hate that word, too, by the way. And uh, it, it just doesn't fit with anything that she's done in the past. So it's really, it's just annoying more than anything, especially if you've grown up with it and you've read it and you've watched it. Now, you've seen the new movies, right? Yeah. Okay. And Dumbledore is in the new movies also. Yes. So do when you see it, is he in a relationship with a gentleman? It shows that he's going to be. Oh. Really? Like, or like, or that, that he, he had, was. That, that, he, that, that the, he was. Like, it shows that it's going to explain it. Right. Mm. And then um, there's some people that are mad that they just sort of glossed over that. And didn't really explain it at all um, and sort of reduce their relationship to just something purely sexual. And so then that has people mad, too. Right. Right. And that's like when they when when Nick was explaining the story to me this morning of why people are upset. It's hinted at the fact that they were gay for a long time. Dumbledore and Grindelwald. It hints at that. And then this one, it's just like, oh, and by the way, this is how their relationship was. And it's like, well, we already Knew there was one. Yeah, there's no need to get into, like, what their sexual relationship is about. The nitty-gritty details of it. You kind of just establish in your head, like, oh, yeah, they were together, and that was what it was. And, it like, you you have enough information in your head to understand implications in the rest of the story. Let me see. So I think that what you're saying is you're upset that she is using these characters that are close to your hearts for her agenda to be woke. Yes. yes, for lack of a better yep. word. Yep. Yeah, because we're all just cool, and then J.K. Rowling all of a sudden's like, "Oh, by the way, Dumbledore and this guy were right." They're doing hot all, rails all in the Pasadena. time, and it's like nobody. And nobody. Are- she now listen. She did say in the Blu-ray version of Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald, she said of the relationship between Dumbledore and Grindelwald, who I think are played by uh, Jude, Jude Law, Jude Law and Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she says. Their relationship was incredibly intense, it was passionate, and it was a love relationship. But as happens in any relationship, gay or straight or whatever label we want to put on it, 
one never knows really what the other person is feeling. Wait, can I just go, go back? So so Jude Law and Johnny Depp are going to hook up in this movie? Yeah. It sure seems like it. Yeah. Mm. No, she, she, so they already did. Huh. Yeah, they don't like physically say. It's just kind of. Because you, in these movies, it's already, they're, they're post-breakup. Already. Got it. Got it. And there's in earlier in the um in the Harry Potter movies, the Elder Wand is previously owned by Grindelwald, who was Dumbledore's best friend, and Dumbledore ends up with it. So you kind of see the that what? they had. Don't the, try to don't no the try, what don't what did try you Elder, Elder Wand? The Elder Wand is the most powerful wand ever created. Yeah. So, uh, but you can see that they had a close relationship because clearly Dumbledore got it from Grindelwald at some point. Clearly. I think everybody knew that. Assumed everybody knew Voldemort, that. Voldemort, Voldemort, ooh, Voldy, <laughs> Voldy, Voldemort. Gosh, we got to do this more often. We got to get to that HPU, the, the Harry, Potter Harry Potter universe. desk universe. Oh, universe. Yeah, I should probably read one of the books or what, see one of the. Weren't movies. you just started reading one? Didn't you? I bought the entire like box set. You can watch them all. Really? Yeah, you just you watch them. You have to read yeah. them first. Not, though. Yeah. You don't really have to. <laughs> you can just watch them. Yeah, I, I don't read know if I'm ready for this commitment. I watched them, and then I read them, because mm-hmm. then when you watch the movie, you're like, wow, this is a good movie. And then you read them, and you're like, whoa, this book's even better. Okay. We could act one out for you tomorrow morning in the office. You pick any of them. We'll do it in we like five minutes. We can just explain it in five minutes, yeah. Oh, awesome. We'll I come in robe. here in the commercial break. I am not kidding. Put on your robes. Uh, <laughs> come just, in here during the commercial. It was a gift. I didn't pay for could it. Could you guys and, uh, do like Harry Potter via flannel graph for us in the in the break? That would be great. Sure. Yeah, okay. why not? Excellent. There's three of us. We can do it. Man your wands, people. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, uh, coming up next, life's noises that drive you crazy. we got to get your wife on the phone for this. Can uh, we do that? Sure. Is she around? All right. Let's make that happen because right. she does not like the way you chew. That's not what she said. It's kind of she what doesn't you... like the way any of us chew. Yeah. Yes. Not just me. It's chewing in general. Gary and Shannon. Mastication can... should be done in private. Gary and Shannon on this Monday. It is March 18th. John and Ken coming up in a few minutes, and they'll cover more about uh, the story out of the Netherlands, the gunman that killed three people on a train in uh, the city of Utrecht. Hey, tomorrow, join us for True Crime Tuesday. We may have learned the identity of Jack the Ripper thanks to all this new DNA research. We'll dig into that. Misophonia, we're not quite sure if it is a symptom or a condition. Doctors have kind of been struggling with uh, misophonia for some time in terms of figuring out where it comes from, why people have it, and how to treat it if there is, if you can treat it. Now, misophonia is a pretty relatively rare condition where a simple sound, and granted it's usually annoying sounds, but a simple sound can elicit very intense feelings of rage or panic. In the case of my wife, it's not funny. It happens to be chewing that will set her off. 
Yeah, NPR did a, did a deep dive on this one, and they talked to an 18-year-old high school senior named Ellie. Ellie lives in Pittsburgh, and she says that the sound of our family chewing their dinner can be unbearable. <laughs> she says, my heart starts to pound. I go one of two ways. I either start to cry or I just get really intensely angry. It's really intense, as if you're going to die, she says. She said she's experienced that reaction to certain noises since she was super young. In fact, she says her very first memory ever is riding home from preschool when her mom turns on the radio and starts singing, which which caused Ellie to scream and cry hysterically. She says, over the years, everybody was pretty confused. But on the inside, I felt like I was going insane. It was middle school, she says, when she found that there was a name for it because mom had been searching for years what What is this? How can I help? And then she read an article on the Internet about misophonia. Characterized, again, by intense emotion like rage or fear in response to highly specific sta- uh, sounds, usually ordinary sounds that other people make, and the cause is unknown. Not natural sounds necessarily, but, I mean, or I should say not not sounds that would occur in nature, like a bird chirping or the wind blowing through trees or something like that, but specifically something that you do. Slurp, chew, tap, click. Don't you do that on purpose? Oh no, I didn't. You're tapping the table right now. <laughs> yeah, they say it's usually mouth sounds. It's funny. Um, one of my friends was dating this guy, and she says to me at one point, "The sound of him breathing annoys me." <laughs> I said, "You got to get out." Yeah, that's a sign. You got to get that's out. A, that's a clear sign. <laughs> Um, but again, misophonia just got a name a few years ago, so it's not even officially listed as a diagnosis in any medical manuals. It's not in the DSM-4 or the ICD-10. Doc- some doctors have never heard of it, and if a patient does come in and mention their symptoms, they're often dismissed as you just have a you have a mood disorder. Many people with misophonia also have anxiety or depression, but not all of them do. There are a few studies on misophonia, and some experts still disagree over whether it should be classified as its own disorder or a subset of another, like I said, a symptom or a condition. So I think everybody has a little bit of this in them. Yes. But if if you – there was, a, in fact, just the, the TV show that is on Netflix now called Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. Uh-huh was watching that the other night, got through a couple episodes, and there's an episode where he wants to, he's having a conversation with his brother-in-law, and there's a guy behind them in a cafe eating chips. And they they mic'd this scene so perfectly that you hear it louder than you should, but it's obviously annoying the character that's played by Ricky Gervais, and it's they did a great job where you I mean your shoulders go up to your ears because you want that guy to stop eating his chips. How is that show? Um, very dark, really very dark, but funny. It's a story about a guy who's just after his wife passes away to cancer or from cancer. She, um, he has to deal with life in this small town where everybody knows him and everybody knows his loss. And he has like no filter anymore. No filter at okay. all. So at it's all. funny. It in a funny? very okay. Ricky Gervais dark way. It's very funny. I've never watched him in anything. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so. Um, they talk about groups that get together, misophonics, misophonies. And they just sit around and the rule is nobody make any motion with your mouth. You can't lick your lips. You can't do anything like that. Mm. And 
the the ones with um, they put together a group uh, like to study this. Twenty two people without it, twenty people with it, and they have participants rate the unpleasantness of these different sounds, including common trigger sounds like eating, <laughs> breathing for your for your friend. Universally dislike sounds like nails on a chalkboard. Everybody hates that. And then neutral sounds like somebody walking down the hallway, neutral sound or birds chirping, neutral that would sound. Be really tough to live with. Uh, what they said was the response to the neutral sounds and the negative sounds were the same in both groups. Everybody hated them or felt neutral about them. It was that the eating and breathing sounds, for some reason, were highly disturbing to them. Like a nose whistle? I'm hoping that this conversation right now is not going to have the effect of you pointing out a, a leaky faucet or something. You know how how that works where you don't notice something yeah. and then somebody says, oh, did you hear that leak? And then it's all you can hear. Yep. I'm worried as I move forward in my life that What's for dinner tonight? I'm going to develop some sort of aversion to a particular and you're sound. never and you're never going to not hear it. Yeah. Seriously, what's for dinner? Are you guys going the know. ramen soup soup route because there's a lot of slurping involved? No. Okay. Like soft breads or something like that soft to keep breads. To, to keep down the uh, the sound waves uh, from the from the because that's a I don't think I notice when people are eating or, or chewing and now I can't hear them over your own sounds that you make oh do I am oh I, geez. really oh my gosh I'm a loud chewer almost like a farm animal <laughs> with uh, with a numb face really? I would say that's how you eat yes. That's is that a lie? Have you ever watched yourself eat? No. No, but I've watched you eat. So it's so imagine if a, if a like a I don't know, a, a horse had to go to the dentist and you shot its face full of novocaine and it just got like that. That's kind of what I see when you eat. Just a horse with a numb face. Oh, good times. Yeah, that's great. All right. That Jack the Ripper story is coming up tomorrow. We'll go through deep dive into Jack the Ripper. Uh, now that we know who he was. John and Ken, up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. That, that was a good show. I really like them. Gary and Shannon. Ken.